0: Listening to the Elim Church Northampton podcast. This message was recorded live as part of our regular Sunday service. We know that this is a great investment into your life, so tune in and give it a listen. For more information, visit ElimNorthampton.com. Amen. Okay, so we are starting our build the house. Campaign and last week we talked about uh, building the house and some of the foundations that I'll talk to you reminders of, of what them foundations are. I was thinking today, uh, this last week, just thinking about what is it that I need to bring to us today, and, and it was clear to me in my mind that I felt that I needed to bring to us something that's important, something that I don't talk about a lot Um, in in, in over the years in, in preaching weekends. Is not I don't give much room. Uh, to the, the, the battle that we are in as, uh, as Christians. But I really felt it's important for us to bring to you some truth from the Scriptures. And this phrase came to mind, you cannot build without a battle. And so any Christian or any church wants to do anything significant for God to reach as many people as possible, you are not going to do that without a battle. And so we do have an enemy, and you know sometimes people can overemphasize the devil, and and some people some people don't even talk about him at all. But he's real. Just as God is real, so is Satan. Satan is a fallen angel, and so we don't want to give him too much credit, but he, he exists, and he's the prince of the power of the air. A lot of uh, most of our evil that happens, it comes through his influence upon earth, and so I want to just encourage you today and also help you to to see beyond the veil that we are in a battle and um, I bought this quite some time ago and I just felt I needed to wear the shirt as a symbolic sign that this is, church is not a, a game. Being a follower of Jesus is serious. Now we are in a war and it's great to come to church and we sing our songs and we hear the Word. But I, I pray that the Holy Spirit will, 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 will help us to see behind the veil. I know in the Old Testament, there was one servant who was scared about what was happening to his life. And I think it was Elijah or Elijah prayed that his eyes would be opened. And his eyes were opened and he could saw, see beyond the natural and saw supernatural armies beyond the, the circumstances. And I want to say to you right now that in our context of our lives, in the natural, we don't see the moving of, of the evil or or the principalities of, of this world. But I want to tell you that they are at work. And anytime a Christian or a church gets serious about following Jesus, he wants to disturb that and try and stop that. In the book of Nehemiah, we can see clearly, as they begin to rebuild the walls for uh, for the people of God, the enemies of God begin to try and stop them. And I want to say to you, if you are really sold out to see Jesus glorified, to advance the kingdom in your own life, then Satan will not just take that lying down. He is serious about stopping God's work. He's serious about stopping God getting any glory from anybody at all. And so when I talked about last week about building on the right foundation, Christ alone and his word, making sure that we're willing to count the cost, considering what it will cost to follow Jesus. Because sometimes that we preach, come to Christ and everything will be fine. Well, that's not true. We know that if you're gonna give your life to Jesus, that means that means you give your life to him. And then that means that there will be a cost to that. Even though it costs Jesus everything, there are times in the life that we have to sacrifice, that we have to give up. they have to keep going when things get tough because we are in, still in the world we're not immune from troubles and hardships and pain and loss and heartache. And so even though we have God with us, we still have to go through the valleys. We still have to go through the storms, yet God is with us, amen? But I want to bring you aware that it's not only the circumstances, but we do have an enemy who wants to stop us. And if we can build together in unity and recognise the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, then the devil will want us to try and stop that. And I, I'm sure that if this is a possibility for us as a church, this, this location, this territory, this, this, this facility, it's not about facilities, but it's about what, what people uh, that will come to that place, that many lives will be affected over the years. If he knows that's the plan of God, then he will not want that to happen. Now, I'm not saying it's all down to him, but I'm saying that if this is in God's will for us, especially in if you've got plans in your own life, and it's gonna glorify God, and it's gonna extend his kingdom, then he will not wanna just let you go free. He'll want to cause as much hassle as possible that he's allowed. But you know, I want to encourage you that Christ has given us authority. Now it's not authority in our name or our titles or our PhDs or cleverness. It's authority in the name of Jesus. Jesus gives us authority because Jesus overcame the enemy by the death on the cross and through his resurrection. And so I want to help you know that even though the devil's real, even though that all his fallen angels are a third that left heaven, are, are operating right now through people and lives causing chaos and trying to come against the church. Even though that's happening, I want to tell you that we actually, we fight from victory, not for victory. Christ already paid the price on the cross that he took authority back of Satan because in the beginning, beginning you know, the story in Scripture tells us that he is a being that existed that was created by God. So, so even though he wanted to be like God, He's been created being by God to be there to worship him and to actually serve the living God. And in scripture, in Isaiah and also Ezekiel, it gives us a symbolic sign, even though it was talking to the kings of Sidon and and Tyre, it was also a reflection of what happened to Satan before he came to earth and tempted Adam and Eve. Satan fell from heaven because of his pride. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to be worshipped. And because of the evil that was found in his heart, then God threw him out of heaven. Did you know that? Before he actually came to earth to cause chaos in humanity, he was thrown from heaven. He wasn't asked politely to leave. He was turfed out. I want to tell you all authority has been given through Jesus. And it tells us in, in Luke's gospel that Jesus witnessed him getting thrown out of heaven. Did you know that? Do you know that? He actually said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And that is, he was referring to Isaiah 42, I think that is somewhere, um, where he tells us that, he says, and this is what it tells us about him. It says, how you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to earth, you who once laid low, the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly on the utmost heights of Zion, You were the seal of perfection, Ezekiel says, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Ezekiel 28, you were anointed as the guardian cherub for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty. And you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. So I want to tell you that even though he is powerful, he is not all powerful. Even though he's calling chaos, Jesus has won the victory. And we are in a battle till that final trumpet sound is made and Jesus will return. And then Satan has waiting for him hell, which was made for him, where he will be tormented forever. And be defeated forever, all his angelic demons that left heaven. So, I want to tell you that, that in, and as Genesis happens, the scripture starts in Genesis, where Satan is on earth and he tempts Eve in the garden. And obviously, Adam and Eve just disobeyed God through his word, as he did God say, trying to, to limit God's power and presence. And they want, you know, you, know, you will surely not die if you disobey God. And he deceived them, the fall came and then God judged man and he also judged Satan. He said, there's gonna be a day where the seed of the woman will crush your head and he'll bring redemption. And so there was the plan of God right in Genesis to overcome Satan. And until Jesus came and died and rose again, Satan had authority. But when Jesus died and rose again and broke the power of sin and death, he took the keys of life and death off Satan and handed them back towards an authority, all authority I've given to you. And so I want to encourage you today that we do have an enemy. And sometimes it's not just circumstances. It's not just, oh, that's just life. I want to tell you behind the curtain, there is principalities and powers who want to stop you serving God. They want to discourage you. They want to dishearten you. They want to do what they can. Now, I know it's not all about him because life is life. But well, I want to say, let's not be blinded to the, to, the, to the moving of the opposition when a Christian or a church wants to glorify God in their lives. And so when Jesus came, he broke that power. Colossians 2, it says, He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Listen to this. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing them over the cross. So when we declare the love of God, his goodness, the good news about Jesus, I want to tell you that we're not only speaking to humanity, but beyond this auditorium right now with human beings sat in this room and online, beyond the veil of what we can't see, we are declaring to the principalities of powers of darkness, They're in this room right now and they don't want to hear about the devil's defeat. They don't want to hear about the good news of Jesus. They don't want to hear that people can be set free by the gospel. They don't want to hear that because it threatens their kingdom. I want to tell you they are there. And that's why when any time a worship team or a preacher gets up, not only do you feel empty because you are preaching into a realm that we cannot see. And that's why we have to make sure that we don't give the devil a foothold when we're ministering life to people. Because worship is warfare. And when we begin to worship, it breaks things in the atmosphere. That's why after you finish worshipping, you say, don't I feel better? What's happened? Because something has happened in the spiritual realm over our minds. Our minds have been washed with the truth. We begin to declare who God is, which Satan hates. And so why is Sunday and worship so difficult to come to? Because Satan hates people worshipping God because he wants to be worshipped. That's why it's so difficult. He hates us saying that he is Lord. He hates us lifting our hands and giving him all the glory. And so when we come to worship, it is warfare and we are beginning to break any kind of atmosphere that we've walked into that's been a hard week over our lives. When the Word of God is preached, the Word of God is not just about fancy illustrations or great PowerPoints. The power of the Word of God is the power to break strongholds over your life. It's power to break chains from our lives, addictions, contradictions, the power of God. The Word of God is active and powerful and it breaks through spirit and also our emotions. It's amazing that sometimes we just think that we come to church, sing a few songs and listen to a Bible reading. But there is power in our worship, in our praise. There is power when the Word of God is, is preached because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And Satan wants to lie to you. And many times as Christians, we walk into the, in an atmosphere of church life and we live with lies which we believe which is not actually according to what God says about us. We come in church feeling that we're never good enough. We come in feeling guilty that we can never make the standard. We're always thinking too lowly of ourselves. But that doesn't line up to what God says about us. And so when the Word of God is preached, it's being truth. Because when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And only the truth can do that. And so when we eliminate worship and we eliminate the Word, we have no power Because there is power as we lift up God and make him Lord over our lives and over the atmosphere in which we preach. And so sometimes when when the preacher gets excited, I realise now why that happens. Because sometimes there is a spiritual fight in the heavenly realms and I I didn't realise it before, but it's letting them know that we win. It's letting them know that no, no weapon formed against us can prosper. It's letting them know that we are not going to step back from whatever he throws at us, we're going to keep going and serving the Lord. We are not going to give up. We're not going to jump out because we love God with all of our hearts and we're not going to allow Satan to stop the church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But it's going to take Christians with some zeal. It's going to take us that we're not going to be passive and so lukewarm, we're going to have to be full on for God, totally committed. Either I'm in or I'm not. You know, do you know, you've got more to do with your life than just waste your time in a service or do some stuff for Jesus. Either you're going to give it your all or you're not. Make your mind up because you're going to waste your life and because you'll never do anything significant if you're not going to be sold out for Him. Satan will not get out of bed if you're not willing to be committed to Jesus. He's not bothered about cold Christians. He couldn't care less because they do enough harm to themselves. He can leave them because they're not committed. They're not willing to give up anything for Jesus. Is Why should I bother, even bother, even harassing them? They're just doing a good job on their own. But anybody's really serious for God. Anybody's really committed saying, Do you know what? This is it for me now. Yes, I'm going to love my family. Yes, I'm going to work as much as I can in my career, but I'm going to make Jesus Lord over every area of my life. I tell you, that that really rattles him. And so I want to declare over our church today that we've got to give it our all. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back. We don't know what day or hour he's going to come. But I pray that when he does, that he will see us faithful, that he will see us wherever we are in our workplaces, in our families, that, that Jesus reigns over all in our hearts. And I believe that if we, if we will just grab hold of that, then nothing can stop the work of God advancing. People need Jesus There's people out there that have never heard about him now and they need him. They're just hold down with addiction and and they're dying in their sins and they need the good news of Jesus and the church is the only answer to the world without God. And so we're in a battle and you know it's not fighting for the latest songs or the nicest church with the fancy lights. This is our people's lives and Satan is after your family. He's after your health. He's after your mind. He's after your heart. And that's why God says, you can't love anyone else but me. You've got to put me first in your life. And when you do that, you are you are an ambassador for God. You're ready to do what God's called you to do. And I know in this room, there are people in here sitting, yes, I want to I give God everything in my life. But I want to tell you, whatever it is that God's got planned for you, there's going to be a battle. But I want to tell you, you're an overcomer. And no matter what the enemy throws at you, no matter what he does, you'll always have something that can counteract him because we've been given authority. And he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. So I want to encourage you today. We're not going to build anything significant without a battle. And I want to tell you, I think I'm up for a battle. After 30 years of serving Jesus, it can get boring sometimes, church. But I want to tell you something. If it's about people's lives being transformed... If it's about people being set free and coming in love with Jesus and wanting to give their life to him, then that's what it's worth. That's worth having a battle for. It's not worth having a battle about what song you like. It's not worth having a battle of if the room's warm enough, bright enough. And so you know what? Satan doesn't need outsiders of the church to cause any trouble. Only a few Christians that are more concerned about the lights than they about life for people. And so I want to encourage you. You know, if you're going to complain, complain there's not enough people, new people coming to church and knowing Jesus. That's what I like. They're good complaints. Not about whether your seat's comfortable, whether the service is too long, too short, music's too loud, too low. For goodness sake, we need to repent. And the so Lord, forgive us. We're not here for a show. We're here to see people come to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Absolutely. You know, if you've come for a show, there's a lot of better shows in London than this. We are on mission for God, and we are in a war zone. And I just pray that God will open your eyes, that we have victory, but it's not a game. And, he, and Satan hates those that love God. Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus, I have come that you may have life. And so I wanna encourage you that when Nehemiah was building the wall, there was opposition. They begin to come against him, wanting to do something for God and there's four things I want to just bring to us as I close and they'll come against your life too but he shrugged them off and began to finish the work in a few days. It was amazing what God did through his life. And so the key is, when the enemy comes to us, James 4 says, submit yourself then to God. So here's the key to making sure Satan doesn't rule over your life. Submit yourself to God. In other words, make him Lord of every part of your life. Don't give him a foothold. And then you can resist him and he'll flee from you. And so he's around. He hasn't got all power, but he's there to harass and try and stop the work of God. And I want to say this to you, to, not to encourage you, to make you aware. Do you know how Satan brings war to the church? Do you know how he begins to discourage our lives? He uses people. Did you know that? How do you think God built his kingdom? Through people. How do you think Satan tries to demolish God's kingdom? Through people. When Nehemiah began to build the wall, it was people that the enemy began to use through their own weakness where they begin to stop God's work. Many times when you see people move against the people of God in the Bible, it's because of their own evil hearts, jealousy, losing power, something that was happening then that they wanted to stop the work because it threatened their future. And I say God will use people. And I pray that as the people of God, that that Satan wouldn't use you that God would use you, that you, your heart would be, do you know what, I am never gonna be, allow Satan to use me in the church. And, and sadly, when you look at the history and look at churches, most church splits come from people in disagreement who know Jesus. Isn't that sad? Instead of fighting with each other, we realise we've only got one enemy. And that's the devil. And he is an angel of light and he's great at deceiving. We are not the enemy. We are the army of God. We are family. And we should not, I know that we have fights in family, but we need to get over them very quickly and begin to look at what, who is our enemy. And it's not one another. It's the enemy. And so the first thing that came against Nehemiah building was ridicule. Anytime that you want to do something for God, ridicule will come. So when Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became very angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria. He said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life for those heaps of rubble burned as they are? Isn't it amazing when you want to do something with God? How the enemy will tell you that. Who do you think you are? How do you think you're going to build that? Look at what you've, look at the resources in your life. Do you know what? We're going for something amazing in this church. You know what? It said, Who do you think you are? How do you think you can make it? You haven't got enough people. You haven't got enough this. You haven't got enough that. How do you think you're going to make that happen in your life? And ridicule comes and you begin to draw back and thinking, Do you know what? I think you're right. It's too big for us. But you have to switch your mindset. You have to realise that if God is is involved in this, then he can do it. And so, you know, when David was about to fight Goliath, you know, David tried to do the same thing to him. He said, he looked at David over and saw that he was little and more than a boy. Interesting, isn't it? Glowing with health and handsome. And despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistines cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. You know, it was nothing different. When Jesus was hanging on a cross or going to the cross, the men were, who were guarding Jesus began to mock him and beat him. They blindfolded him and demanded, prophesy who hit you. And they said many other insulting things to him. Isn't it interesting when you want to do something significant for God, how the enemy can come in and begin to try and bring this ridicule to our lives. You're never good enough. You'll never do it. God will never use you. Who do you think you are? Not enough resources. You haven't got enough intelligence. You haven't got enough gifting. And do you know what happens to us? We believe it and we step back. Because we agree with the reality that we can't do it because we do look at sometimes of our weaknesses and our failures But then God says, but listen, but with me, if I'm going with it, if I'm going with you, you can do all things. If I'm involved in this, you're gonna make it. And do you know the good thing about that? David's, David's response to Goliath. He said to the Philistines, and this is that some of you in this room and online need to say this, to the enemies of your soul. You come against me with a sword and spirit and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty the God of the armies of heaven, who you defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give your carcass to the Philistines army, to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. You see, here's the difference. The whole world will know that you're not famous. The whole world will know, not on Facebook, how much you've achieved, but the whole world will know how great God is. Amen. Let me tell you, if this comes off, only one person gets the glory. Only God can pull us off if we're going to be committed to Jesus. And so I want to tell you whatever it is that's in your heart to do something for God. I want to tell you whatever voices are telling you you can't do it. Whatever voices are telling you too small, too big, too Whatever it may be, I want to, you need to come in with a, in, in alignment with God's word over your life, and say if God says I can do it, I can do it. I don't care if my you know when I am weak, then I am strong. You know it's so good to know that you haven't got all the resources to carry out what God's asked you to do. Why? Because we need God. If you could carry it out yourself, you wouldn't need Him, and then what happens is you get the glory. But you know, when, when God is speaking to you about moving into your future, there is a bit of fear and, tre- and, and, and trembling. Even though your heart gets excited, there can be a little bit of ridicule or who do you think you are? But I want to tell you, come on, trust God. Take the next step. Right now in, in our life as a church, all we're doing, we're not saying, thus says the Lord, we're saying, we're taking one step at a time and saying, God, if this is you, we're going to follow you. That, you know, the greatest leader is the best follower. After all the answers, you've got to keep following one step at a time. And if you're in this room and God is speaking to you about your future, come on! Don't allow ridicule. Don't allow intimidation. Because that was the next thing the devil tried to bring—intimidation. Nehemiah six four says, "Remember Tobiah and Sambalat, my God, because of they, what they have done. Remember also the prophet Nehemiah—I think her name is—and how she and the rest of the prophets have been trying to intimidate me. Oh." Do you know what? How many times in my life as a, as a pastor I've been intimidated by the challenges of what steps God's asked me to do. So, so scared. Thinking, oh, I can't do it. And yeah, I, oh, I'm intimidated. What if it doesn't work out? You know, even in this, me sharing about this building, I'm thinking, but Lord, what if it doesn't happen? What I look stupid? Intimidation. How can I say that? Listen, it's not about us, it's about him. And if God's in it, we want to follow him. Listen, don't allow anyone to intimidate you. The armies, the four armies are ra- surrounded Nehemiah and they boxed him in. And then these people were intimidating. I wonder what they're saying about him. Who do you think you are? You've come here, you're going to build nothing. And he could have stepped back, but he never, he stepped into God. I want to tell you that, as that's why the church has to come together. Because not one person can do anything significant on their own. We have to be in one heart and one mind. We have to be encouraging one another. We have to be strengthened, praying for one another, making sure we're, we're, we're just we're supporting one another in any way that we can. You know, when we're, when we're on the move for God, we have to be all in together. There's nothing more powerful than the unity of a church coming together and saying, Do you know what? When you fall, I'm going to be there to pick you up. You know, I'm going to cover you. I'm going to carry you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to help you. We're going to be in this all for one and one for all. When that happens, the devil trembles. You know, he has no problem when the church is divided. This is not about your agenda, your vision. This is about God's vision, what he wants for this church. And we don't put our hands on that. We just want to follow. And I want to tell you, we're not going to be intimidated by the challenges because God is with us. And we just want to know, Lord, is this what we want us to do? What about your own personal life? What is it, the challenges that you have right now that you're going to step into Monday morning? Is there intimidation all over your life? What, how are you going to look? What if they laugh at you? What if this doesn't work out? What are they going to post on Facebook? What about on the Twitter feeds? Listen, you need to kill that nonsense and don't allow that to put you in a hole and stop you doing what God has called you to do on your life. Because if God is with you, then who can be against you? I wanna tell you that God is fighting for you. God is cheering you on, but you have to lean into him. You have to say, Lord, my life's not my own. I put my life into your hands and whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And even though I'm scared, even though I have fear, even though I know myself, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna do it. I'm not gonna allow intimidation to hit my life. And then third thing was discouragement. One more than I'm finished, discouragement. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the labourers is giving out and there is, no such, no, there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. I wonder, in your life today, is there so much rubble that it's overwhelming you? Is there so many things in your life thinking, if only that would go, I'd love to serve God better. But there's so much rubble. I want to tell you, don't get discouraged. Come on. Don't lose heart. God's got a plan. God's one step ahead. The Lord is your shepherd. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. You see, it's only when you look at the circumstances that overwhelm you that will push you back. It's only when you feel the pressure, that you think I can't go in anymore, that will push you back. You know, when Peter, Jesus said, come on, get out of the boat, Peter. And he took a step of faith on the word of God. It must have been so exciting when he took that first step and he didn't sink. He began to walk on water. Can you imagine what he thought to himself? This is amazing. And then what happened? He began to look at the wind and the waves. He began to take his eyes off the promise of God and the word of God. And he began to sink and he was overwhelmed. But here's the good news. Even though he sank, Jesus got hold of him and lifted him up and put him back in the boat. I don't care how many times you've tried in your life. If you feel like you're sinking, God's not far away and he's going to lift you up and put your feet back where you need to be. Listen, don't be, don't be discouraged. Many times in the scripture, it tells us, do not be discouraged and do not be afraid. And this is the final thing. Fear, begin to hit the people. Fear is a paralysed thing that comes to our lives that will stop us going forward. And I wonder if you've come to church today and you have a genuine fear. Listen, don't feel guilty about that. All of us have got fears. Not one of them in this room or online is without fear. But I want to tell you that God is with us. That Jesus promised he'll never leave you, nor forsake you. That he who started this good work will finish it to completion. So the enemies were about to attack him. And so I think it was... Franklin Roosevelt that said this to a a nation that was gripped with economic depression. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nothing is much to be feared as fear. Why? Because fear paralyzes you. Fear is contagious and paralyzes others. But here's the thing. Fear and faith cannot exist at the same time. When God speaks to you, when God comes to you, fear will have to go in our hearts. Joshua 1, 9. Just stand with me as we come to a close as I speak this over your life. I want to speak it over the church but more speaking it over individuals. Some of you are in, in, in a season of making decisions of your life. Some of you are have got challenges. Some of you have got things to do for God and this is the word over you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. And courageous. Do not be afraid, and do not be discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God will be with you. Listen to the next verse. Wherever you go, oh, isn't that assuring today? Wherever I go, wherever I go, He's going to be with me. So, church, come on. Don't allow intimidation. Don't allow disappointment. Don't allow fear to stop you what God has put on your life. See, Nehemiah was smart because he reacted in two ways. He'd come to God. And he says, Lord, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. He made sure his God will always a bit bigger than the issues in his life. Oh Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and he keeps his commands. And then he says this, but when we prayed to our God and he posted God day and night to meet the threats, his weapon was the character and the word of God and prayer. And as he stood with a trowel in one and prayer in the other, they built the walls in 52 days. It was a miracle. You'll be surprised what God can do in a few days in your life that could take you years. So Lord, I pray for every person in this place. Pray for every person online, for those that know you and those that don't. And if you don't know Jesus today, the greatest thing that you could ever do is put your trust in Him because He died for you on a cross. He loved you so much that He gave His Son to come to earth to pay the price for your sins. His love is tremendous and He reached out to you even though you were dead in your sins, even though you didn't want nothing to do with God, He came for you. And if you would just say yes to him, if you put your trust in him, even though you don't know all the scriptures, you don't know much about God, all you know that you you just want to put your trust in this Jesus. I want to tell you, you'll never forget it. He'll forgive you of all your sins and give you a brand new start and a new purpose. So Father, I pray for anyone in this room and anyone online that know in their heart right now, they just want to give their life to Jesus. There's something that's going on. This is not natural. This is something supernatural something has happened inside of their hearts and they're saying, okay, I don't understand it, but I'm going to say yes to Jesus today. If that's you, just, just simply from your heart, say, Lord, I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I am sorry. And from this moment, I want you in my life. I ask you to help me to live for you from this day forward. If you said that in your heart and you meant it, I want to tell you, God will know and come and make home with you begin a brand new relationship with God. If you know the Lord today and you've walked in church, you just feel just so many things are against you, I want to tell you that God is for you. God has given you authority. Father, I pray for every believer in this place and online. I pray, Lord, you'll give them strength today so they can fight tomorrow. I pray, Father, that hope deferred in the heart. I pray that will come alive today. And that faith will remove any kind of fear that's stopping them advancing for the kingdom. And so Father, in the name of Jesus, breathe life to your people. And all God's people said, Come on, let's give God praise today.